it is about having the conversation and being heard and making yourself understood and if they don't understand it maybe that's why it's continuing but it's making sure you're clear and open but if there's no conversation to be had it's understanding no we really do need to talk about this welcome to careers in fashion CF's Careers in Fashion podcast episode, Difficult Conversation in the Workplace with Placements Team. I'm Mada Puchlovska and I'm a Placements Manager here at LCF. I'm also joined by Carmen. Hi, my name's Carmen Zhang and I'm a Placement Officer here at LCF. We're also joined by Kath Melandri and we'll be talking about difficult conversations that can arise in the workplace. Kath, would you want to start with introducing yourself and your work? Yes, thank you so much, Mada. And hi, Carmen. Well, there's a few things that I do, but I'm a broadcaster, broadcast journalist, and also a college admissions tutor here at the London College of Fashion. I have taught for a couple of years here now. I say a couple of years, it's about 10 since I joined UAL. And one of the things I've had the opportunity to do is work with students on their placement unit. So I've got some experience of being in the workplace, managing people, and also talking to students who are making their first steps into careers in fashion. Thank you, Kath. So let's Start. So quite often we have students asking for advice on how to bring up reasonable adjustments prior to starting their placements. Those include disability and health issues, but also caring responsibilities. Carmen, with your experience as a placements officer, what do you advise the students in the situation? Well, Mada, if I was to use an example of someone who might have a chronic illness, you might have to often take time to go to hospital appointments. At times that might be unpredictable. So one reasonable adjustment you could ask for would be perhaps remote working so you have that flexibility to attend hospital appointments and um, when you might need to but yeah that's just one example. Kat um, have you ever encountered a situation when you had to ask for adjustments yourself or maybe you line managed people who needed them? Yeah Mada I had caring responsibilities only a few years ago and when I initially came to UAL it's something that I wanted to have a reasonable adjustment for so the toughest thing is sometimes feeling a little the difficulty of having to explain it you know being unsure sure of the reception you'll get when you're explaining a personal adjustment you need. But the only thing I would ever suggest, the tip I would share is be clear with your situation. So it's not just about saying, hey, I'm a carer or I've got caring responsibilities or whatever it may be. I have a disability or I have a neural difference, whatever it is the person is thinking of saying. But it's also about thinking about what you need because of it. So if it was regular hospital appointments and you knew there was a particular day, you could explain that you do need to work remotely or there'll be a day where in the afternoons you'll need to leave at a certain time and that's just something that you know but you can if you are willing to make up those hours if you've the energy and you can do it you can offer that as mitigation but I think most employers I've ever had the the connection with have always been open to understanding I think it's about clarity and I think it's about knowing what you need and letting them know and also telling them as early as possible. Yeah definitely I think from personal experience what we usually advise as students is also sometimes to prepare for those conversations coming with a solution so already letting the employer know what adjustments you might need and like what would work for you and how you kind of envision possibly so instead of just saying hi I can't do this saying hi I can't do this but maybe we can do it in a different way so that kind of brings a peace of mind to you but also to the employer who might have never dealt with that situation before especially if it's maybe for reasonable adjustments for things like disabilities so just add as well like if this reasonable adjustment is also just 
just to do with placement, it's worth speaking to the placements team as well about your specific situation so that you can see what support we can offer. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just going to say, and also your tutor, if it's a placement, if you have uh, support from your tutor or your unit leader, letting them know and your disability advisor as well, maybe there's a way of um, helping you come up with what would be best or at least the best way to approach the topic. Absolutely. It's always great to ask for advice, even to prepare for that conversation with your employer. So if it's happening during a placement, definitely reach out to either your placements team, tutor or disability advisor, as we said. Another issue that our students often flag to us is working hours on their placements. We always advise them to speak about it with their employers as a first step. But how would you advise them to approach that situation, Kath? Now, this is a tricky one. You were kind enough to let me know of the questions and I've been thinking about some of the scenarios from a personal perspective or what I've spoken to students about. And this one's really difficult because creative industries don't always work nine to five. And you might be in a job where any other week it would be nine to five. But then come Fashion Week, London Fashion Week might mean you're expected to do anywhere between eight to 12 to 15 hours. Or there's a shoot that starts at 4 a.m. and you won't be back till 6 a.m. So these are really tricky conversations if you've never had them before. In fact, let me be honest, they're tricky conversations when you have had them before. As a broadcaster, you know, you're thinking, well, I'm tired. I want to go home. I've done my contracted hours. But that's not how creative experiences work. Sometimes you just got to haul through. So advising anybody with this matter and calm. And it's so odd because I'm going to tell you what I think you should do. And then I might reveal what I've done in the past. What I think you should do is always prep ahead. You'll have someone line manager you if it's a placement and if it's your first post after graduation again your line manager they should be the key contact and I would be really clear hey can I just check how long will I be working what are my hours that day and obviously that's over the normal hours I work will I get that back ideally your manager or line manager would have included that in any statement listen you'll take that time back later in the week or we know it's a long week we'll do what we can to make sure you're comfortable or come in later you know some adjustment to make your life easier now in reality what have I done as a broadcaster when I was first in post I just stayed till it was done it's a generational thing but I would say that it's not a good idea to do that because eventually you will get burnt out but sometimes it's about pitching in and knowing everybody does long hours in that week looking after yourself when you leave work making sure you get as much sleep and you eat well and you try and get your head down and you know you look after yourself as much as you can around it so you can sustain but I'm not recommending it I'm saying talk again I think maybe that all the answers today Carmen and Madda might be talk to your line manager and make sure you're clear about what's going on. Absolutely. I think it is quite hard to give an advice in a situation like this where there is no clear answer. You should do this or you should do that. I think it all starts with a conversation and seeing kind of where your line manager is, how your company handles all of that. Carmen, have you ever had any experiences with students who possibly worked a lot of overtime and struggled about it? So again, like with the example that Kath gave of like times leading up to Fashion Week, I think that often is the case with students where they come to us with problems with hours, with like feeling like overworked. I think, yeah, again, it's like kind of important to have that conversation to check whether this is going to be a long term thing that keeps happening, whether it's just like a one off thing to sort of give them that peace of mind that what they're working towards is valuable. And like there will be that balance later on when there's the downtime, like after big project or Fashion Week. Another good point would be to always like check your contract and with the agreed hours of work if 
it does become an issue you can always like bring that to your line manager and like have that discussion absolutely because there's one thing about working hours being extended possibly in those time if it's a lead up to a fashion week or a big project but if it's a consistent issue especially if you're on placement bring it up to your placements team speak to your placements officer and discuss what are your possible options are how to approach that conversation with your line manager as well because consistently that is something that we definitely wouldn't recommend you doing because as Kath said that would lead to a burnout and you really want to avoid that especially early on in your career. Moving on to the next topic that quite often students find stressful is students often feel that tasks assigned to them either not relevant or they feel like they do not have enough responsibilities but they would like to change this. So what are your thoughts Kath? Yeah what I would say when it comes to responsibilities again it is about clarity when you start. So when you start a placement, when you start a job, you should be given a job description of sorts. Not everywhere is incredibly organised in creative industries. So I would say it might vary. It might not always be a very clear document. It might be a little bit more hazy. It might be open to interpretation. But I do talk to and have talked to students about this before when on placement. And actually, it's normally a positive chat because they're hungry for more. They've been given some responsibilities. So for fashion, journalism and content creation students on that BA, they'll go in maybe as an editorial assistant or a fashion cupboard assistant, which is a fancy way of saying they're handling samples that come in that are used for shoots and then making sure they're returned. And that's organisational job. But you might be thinking, hey, I want to do some transcripts or I'm really keen to maybe do some work with the editor today. Is there anything else I can do? I've got some spare time. I've got capacity. Please let me help. And again, nothing wrong with being ambitious and asking for more responsibility. But it is a case of making sure you've got the right person to talk to and also that they've got time and capacity to listen because again you've got to choose your moments if they're in the middle of a big production meeting that morning they don't want you waltzing and going hey I want more to do but equally don't leave it because you think I'm really bored and I could do more oh but I won't bother them now you've got to have a level of confidence try and understand when's a good time to catch up with people and again clarity know what you're thinking ask about the other positions ask if there's anything else you can do can I help with clipping can I help with answering calls can I make some calls can I do some research whilst I'm at the desk I think I've got the capacity I think in most situations when it's asking for more work you're not really going to get too negative a response the tricky bit and maybe I'll leave this with you two on this one is when you have to say look I've got a bit too much on and I'm a bit nervous I can't achieve it I would say in that situation initially and in all situations actually tell them as soon as you know give everybody notice that you're struggling and that you need some assistance absolutely that's what kind of leading up to my next question because sometimes the students find that they have too much responsibilities on a placement or like an entry level job. Carmen, have you ever come across that situation? Oh yes, that's definitely um, happened to students before. So like, again, a good thing to sort of start off with is to look at the job description that you were provided at the beginning, see if the role is actually like meeting those requirements or it's pushing you off script with what you're being asked to do. Another point that you could think about is asking your colleagues that are on like the same like level as you. Perhaps there's other interns in the organisation as well. You can like compare your experiences and see like how they feel and maybe perhaps you can ask them whether you can like distribute the work with them as well or you can ask them for guidance and then 
then yeah Kath brought up clear communication with your line manager as well ask for more guidance or supervision like as soon as you know you're a bit in over your head so yeah I think that's at different avenues that can go down if you're feeling like there's too many responsibilities. Once more I think all of those points that we're making today come across having those conversations and being open about how you feel about your situation so it's always communication. I think it would be really important for me to mention now because this is about difficult conversations one of the things I've always found is I can get very nervous before I have to share something so I'd like to share maybe one or two tips for even starting or broaching the difficult conversation so if you've got something challenging to say I think make some notes (laughs) don't rehearse it so much as just make some notes and and one of the notes should be the statement try and summarize the statement what is it you're trying to share and then you can hopefully get past that initial feeling of anxiousness or stress the anxiety around saying, oh, I need something different. And can you help? Or I'm sorry about this. Get that out of the way and get to the actual statement and then make a few notes about what that looks like. I'll need to leave early on Tuesday. I have a hospital appointment. You don't have to reveal everything. You don't have to tell them what they're looking at in hospital. You can just say, I have a medical appointment. I need to leave early on Thursday. Is that okay? I'm willing to make up the hours coming earlier tomorrow. Whatever it is you're you're capable of doing. And also, even if you just needed to leave your placement early because something had happened emotionally or stressfully or personally that you needed to share. Remember, you don't have to share everything, but make sure you prep. Write the statement down. It really helps me be more confident in delivering something I'm scared about. Absolutely. Definitely. Preparation is a key. As a really great benefit as a student at LCF, especially if you're doing a placement, you can always reach out to your placement officer and have that conversation with them first to kind of prepare. Definitely, we're here to support you as well. So if you ever feel like you're in a situation where you're scared to approach that conversation with your employer, come to us first and we can advise you on how to start. So a key area that students often dread is having money conversations. They find that negotiating their salary is the most intimidating, especially at the beginning of their career. I just want to ask you, Kath, how did you go about it when you were starting out in the industry? What kind of tips would you give to someone in that position? I was really lucky. So when I started out, there were set rates. Certain jobs had set rates of pay. So I had an idea. I started in a framework. When I started doing other freelance work, I was able to and knew enough people to quietly. Well, I think the equivalent would be sliding into someone's DMs. But in those days, I just have to sidle up to them at a coffee machine or something and say, hey, bump into them at kitchen and go, how much should I ask to be paid? But the key here is research, understanding what the industry pays, what the, the decent rates are and understanding your context, the context being how much experience you've got. So if you have to have the conversation cold and you can't get the info, which is a tough call but you might have to I would absolutely suggest that you start with questions if you can some people say what do you want to get paid my response to that is what's your budget because that gives you an understanding of the kind of level of pay that they might be able to give you and don't think the conversation is final if they don't have a set rate maybe you can negotiate up and also don't let them tell you they're not going to pay you at all make sure that you're clear when you're in a position that you you know there's pay available that you should receive it um that doesn't mean you have to be pushy about it it's being simple and clear i know that with advice from my careers team at LCF, this is the kind of rate you might pay. Our students are lucky, they'll have you guys as a resource. 
Thank you. And yes, absolutely. We always encourage the students to stand up for themselves and advocate for themselves and definitely ask for payment. We do not promote unpaid opportunities from our end, but also when the students go out and search for employment themselves, we always try to encourage everyone to seek out paid opportunities or negotiating to get paid. One thing that I would also recommend coming to those conversations about the payment is think of the value that you are bringing to the company, your skills, your unique selling points. Make a note of that once more prior to that conversation so you don't feel like you're just asking for something. Think who you are, what value you're bringing and let your employer know um, so you feel more confident in that conversation. Money conversations are often considered taboo, especially working on a freelance basis. Chasing payments, missing invoices, all of that is inevitable. Kath, how would you address that professionally? I do freelance still and I do write invoices and then gently chase invoices and then not so gently chase invoices and have had positions where I've not received the payment. And you have to essentially be organised. You have to keep your files at the very least for dealing with tax. and paying all of that and making sure you know what's come in and what's gone out and yeah you have to be organized you really do and it's a challenge there are lots of resources available to help you with that templates online I'm sure graduate futures team will help you with ways to be organized but it is a case of knowing who you're talking to understanding all the details of the invoice who gets it and then creating an open channel with them and and saying hey I haven't been paid it's now been over 30 or 60 or 90 days and there are tricks and tips that's been shared with me by the freelancers such as um, charging interest if they don't pay but again things happen between invoicing and payment and companies even collapse so the other tip I was given very early on in my freelance life was don't spend the money till it's in your account and I've always lived by that even though you think I've got that coming and I've got that coming till you've seen it it doesn't exist that is a very smart tip Carmen do you want to jump in with some insights I would also try and make sure that you have an agreement in writing at some point and always like keep a track of that so you can always reference it when you need to bring it up. Also, make sure that the company has your correct and up to date payment details so there's not that barrier like preventing them from giving you your payment. Absolutely, because quite a lot of the time the students find that it might be just a technical issue as well, why they're not getting paid because they might have not provided them with the details. We always hope that the placement is a completely positive experience for our students. However, sometimes there might be certain issues that arise at work. A lot of the times there's communication concerns. Did you come across any of that with any of your students, Carmen? Yes, Mada. Actually, I had a case where a student's manager made a negative comment about their performance during like a team meeting and it left the student really upset. So in that case, I advised them to arrange like a one to one meeting with the manager to discuss the issue. It's important to approach that topic on an individual basis and like away, I guess, the rest of the team because it is quite a personal matter and don't want to bring other people into it. Also, you kind of have that time with your manager. Another point that I told them to do was that they should prepare the key points that they wanted to address during the meeting to again take away the nerves from the situation and then also give their manager the space to give their view we'd always recommend that you come with a solution and so for this case we came to the conclusion that they should be setting up more one-to-one meetings to discuss the performance privately and then also to ask the manager for guidance to avoid the situation happening again in the future and lastly with the conversation to always approach it from like a calm and collected standpoint and try not to take it personally because then you can sort of remain professional and sort of take away like all the emotion from the situation so that 
you can see it more clearly. Absolutely. That is always what we really strive for. But sometimes maybe those mitigating actions might not help the situation and the situation continues. Kath, have you ever came across that in your work career or managing people where any of the mitigations didn't help? This is a really tricky topic as well. This is probably the essence of difficult conversations. It's always difficult when things don't go to plan. When you're in a situation when you've explained yourself and you thought it would be fine and and, and you've had a difficult chat and it was agreed and that was okay, but it wasn't, you know, it hasn't gone the way you wanted it to. So I've had situations where students have felt they weren't heard in placement. And again, graduates in their first post, not knowing how to deal with something that hasn't you know a situation is ongoing even though it's some upsetting or challenging causing anxiety it's delicate and again depending on the size of the organization the best thing I could advise in the situations I've been in is try and bring somebody else in who can assist the conversation because that's the whole point it is about having the conversation and being heard and making yourself understood and if they don't understand it maybe that's why it's continuing but it's making sure you're clear and open but if there's no conversation to be had, it's understanding, no, we really do need to talk about this. And if you're not able to understand, I might need to speak to somebody else. That's a tough and challenging thing to do, though, because if you're new in a workplace, how do you do that? How do you feel brave enough? And I'm thinking from personal circumstances, when I've had issues with colleagues, for example, and I needed some help very early on in my career as a broadcaster, and I felt it was unfair, or I was unhappy. That's really, really hard because you're already going through something that's making you anxious. And then you're in a situation where you need to ask for help and maybe the help isn't forthcoming. The only thing I can recommend again is that you keep notes about what's going on and, and why it's upsetting you. Think about clarity and think about communication. And if your line manager isn't able to assist or they've shut it down a little, don't just go and talk to somebody else. Go back to them with a more evidence or a maybe more compelling reason why this needs to be discussed. Most workplaces, I know we're talking about in a way that it sounds really horrible, but most workplaces and most line managers will listen, especially if you explain, I think maybe from the perspective of saying, I feel anxious, I'm feeling stressed, I'm not handling this very well. So I think those aspects are really important to share if you feel you can. And then I really need us to talk about this again. I know that you said there wasn't anything you could do, but I'm still really upset. I'm I'm still really worried. It's a good way to reopen the conversation if you can. Again, after that, you may need to get some assistance. And again, I wouldn't, if it was placement, I'd come straight back to your team at LCF for some advice. We always recommend the students to come to us um, in those situations, especially if it's on a placement, then let us know, even if you don't want us to intervene, let us know what's happening. One other suggestion that I would have for the students in that situation, when addressing your manager, always try to speak from the me perspective. So I feel like this is making me feel not you are doing this to me. It's I feel uncomfortable doing this or I felt in that moment. So it doesn't feel like you're accusing someone. You're just kind of letting them know how you feel. However, I think sometimes in those situations, it might be quite hard to find a solution that satisfies both parties. If you really can't find a way out of that situation, you might actually want to escalate it. As Kath said, you might want to speak to your manager's manager or HR in the company to discuss your options 
of course, it's the last case scenario. So we wouldn't recommend you with a first little conflict or any kind of communication crisis to just go to HR. But sometimes it is worth thinking about all of those options. There are some circumstance where you're upset. I say you, I mean me. When I've been upset... And I've had to do what my friends might call suck it up, where I've put up with some poor behaviour because it was easier not to complain or it was easier not to flag it to others. But we have known historically that that's not great. So you will have to assess whether this is, how do I put this? There's a phrase, there's a cliche, the hill you want to die on. Is this something Mm -hmm. that you really must pursue? I think that's important. And sometimes even a chat with loved ones, family, friends is a good way to get an outside perspective before you then go into the next level of of reopening conversations about something and then possibly escalating it to somebody else's HR team, to somebody else's manager kind of thing. But definitely contemplate whether you wish to pursue it. If you've flagged it, that's a good thing. And if you've made notes about it and emailed yourself, so you've got a note somewhere with a date on it about what happened, your perspective on it, these are never bad things. You know, I know people who have taken grievances way up and there have been positive and negative outcomes, but they felt like there was the right thing for them to do. But try not to be silent and try and keep yourself connected with friends and family for support. That's what I would say. Absolutely. We always would like our students to prioritise their well-being and think of that. And as Kath said, think is whether it's the hill you want to die on. Is it something you can put up with or it's actually something that bothers you to the point that it is affecting your well-being? So in those rare situations, it doesn't really happen that often. I think this podcast kind of make it sound that placements might be really dramatic. Um, we're talking always kind of about the issues that arise that are not often, but they do happen sometimes. So we just want give advice but in those rare situations where those conflicts might affect your well-being and it seems like there's nothing else you can do you might want to consider terminating your contract it is of course the last case scenario it's not something we would always recommend to you but there might be a case when you must quit your job or your placement on the hand side it might be because you got offered a better position somewhere else but also it might be that the company was not the right fit for you and how do you do this professionally this is always something that our students ask us Kath when you were changing your career path how did you go about it I very much advice for interviewing and being interviewed and advice for leaving be charming stay classy (laughs) I would think about calm quiet conversations and giving them as much notice as you can that's the biggest thing If, if you've decided it's time to go for a positive or a negative reason if it's a corporation if they've got a HR team they may want to chat to you about why you're leaving and you can explain if it's a negative thing I would be clear about your reasons and very much with Madda's advice make it about your feelings and you as opposed to what they did and what happened but yes I think the big thing is if you have to leave and you have a contract check the contract details as Carmen's been very cleverly saying make sure you know how much notice they need do they need written notice of that is that an email is that a letter make that clear thank you so much for your time be charming it's been a pleasure working with you make sure you tell your line manager directly there is a kind of order of these things you can tell them at the same time make sure then the letter goes to if they have a HR team if it's a smaller group you can 
absolutely think about talking to them in a way that it's clear it's honest but it's the preparation again don't go in going oh, I'm leaving and you know it's because I just couldn't bear it I would recommend that you say listen it's not worked out for me here I'm really grateful for the opportunity it's about making sure that you do it in a measured way because the fashion industry you'll bump into people again so leaving in a dramatic fashion with slam doors isn't necessarily the ideal uh, even if it would make for a wonderful bit on social media I wouldn't recommend it highly absolutely Carmen what advice do you give to your students in that situation I would agree with Kath. Always keep it classy because the industry is smaller than you think. Another point I'd like to add is that I would prepare a handover as well because it's important for like the company to be able to have an understanding of where you're at at the point that you're leaving. Obviously, you will have had a role in the company and you would have been valued and there would have been things and projects that you might have been working on. And if you are leaving your position early, then this will disrupt the workflow. So it'll be important for you to like leave that information for whoever they recruit next and it also is a nice way of keeping things professional and showing that you were like a reliable employee and another thing would be to discuss payments that you have remaining whether that be in terms of salary or like even just expenses it's important to tie up all those loose ends just to sort of keep things as uncomplicated as possible because you don't want to have to go back again after you've left to sort of chase that up can I just add in on this? I have absolutely left employers and then gone back. So even if it wasn't perfect as a relationship, sometimes when you leave and gain more experience and maybe a bit of distance, there's another opportunity that comes up and you're familiar with the workplace. There may be an opportunity to return. That's another reason why we make sure we leave on a positive note where possible. Yeah, definitely. It's always good. As Carmen said, the industry is small because you might never know who you're going to kind of encounter on your way and if you make a dramatic exit out of one job you'll never know who you might end up meeting in your next one and who you're going to be working with in the future so definitely have that in mind and try to remain as professional as calm and collected as possible thank you Kath and Cartman it was really insightful conversation so throughout all of those topics that we covered today they all had one theme in common they were all difficult conversations to have and to sum up what would be the top three three tips that both of you would like to give the students to take away from this podcast to apply in those situations in those early careers. Carmen, if you wanted to share your top three tips. Thanks, Mada. I think I would say to always be prepared beforehand just to eliminate nerves and just to make things go smoothly. Another tip I'd say would be to be calm and collected and not to take anything personally because that's when it complicates the conversation. And then my third tip would be to prepare solutions to the issue that you're bringing up so it's not just you're asking for something you're also like bringing something to the table and Kath any insights from you for the students to be honest Carmen said it just perfectly there I think if I had to come up with some alternatives which is hard because she's covered it all get the conversation happening as early as possible absolutely couldn't endorse preparation in fact to the point where I would suggest if it's a challenging conversation maybe role play it with someone you you know you trust so you have an idea of what it sounds like when you say it and don't panic like if someone's saying they'll get back to you don't stress till you know what their reply is it's really easy to imagine the worst but actually the majority of workplaces and creative industries I've come across people are reasonable and they will come back to you and there will be someone who will support you so if you're reasonable and kind and charming and clear, they'll reply in the same manner. At 
absolutely. Just one extra additional tip from me. If you're an LCF student doing a placement and if you're experiencing any of those issues, please come to your placements officer, have that conversation with us. We're really here to guide you throughout the process. If you feel like you can't speak to us for whatever reason, reach out to your academic tutors. We're all here to support you and we're going to help you out as much as we can. Thank you so much, Kath and Carmen, for doing this podcast today with me. Your insights have been really great and I think the students are going to find them really helpful. It's a real pleasure, Mada, and uh, great to chat with you as well, Carmen. Thank you both.